Is that loud? Oh, these stupid headphones. We have to get a more professional start to the podcast. Broadcasting from Edmonton's majestic used hubcap district. Um, it's a it's a podcast. I just can't pull off a onesie. No, neither can I. Uh, uh, that's not good. Kids today with their inline skates and their long boards that roll over everything. Totally weird and wild. It works, but it's weird. You know what's underrated? Ravioli. Oh, God, that's awful. It smells like smoke coming off someone's ass. My God, do people not know I'm at work? The Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. I'm giddy like a schoolgirl again Cause it's Friday, Friday, Friday And I have so much going on And it's one of those weekends too Like, it's a long weekend, right? Like, But you feel weird saying it? I know, you don't want to Because of what it stands for Yeah, it's Remembrance Day Remembrance Day is tomorrow Which means I would assume most people Probably not all But most would have the Monday off in lieu In some parts of the country It's not a thing. Like they don't, I, uh, I shouldn't talk about it's this. It's very confusing. Ontario, I don't think they take a day. We do here in Alberta and I know Saskatchewan does too. It's very odd. It's yeah. very odd that it's not the same across the board. Yeah. But so for some people it's a long weekend. I keep forgetting that we're not here Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I know me too. I'm just focused on my day to day, Bryce. <laughs> I just live in the present. Uh, my beautiful bride said, you need to stop talking about pickleball. She said that to me the oh. other day. Yeah. Oh, well, you have been gushing about it, but well, I wouldn't say to excess. One thirty this afternoon, I have a match again. Ooh-hoo, doggy. I love it so much. I just love it. I hurt my elbow real bad last Friday. I've been nursing it hard all week, though. Oh, boy. Yeah. Better not tell people, you, do you did you hurt it playing pickleball? Yes. Or? Oh, yeah. I... Diving for a ball? No, backswing. I back went back way too far. I heard it pop, and then boop, it hurt like hell immediately. And that was about a half hour into a two-hour match. So oh boy. I had to push through. Hey, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Some wear gym shorts. I just saw a video of like the number one golfer in the world was playing in a pickleball match against, I think, the number one pickleball player. Oh. And he uh, embarrassed the person. The golfer? Yeah. He was that good at pickleball? Yeah. Maybe he's just one of those guys that's good at everything. Oh, I hate those people. I don't know if he ended up winning the full match, but the point I saw, like, they're like, oof. Yeah. Oof. The number one golfer, humiliating the number one pickleball player. There's a huge crowd. Ugh. Like, I'm good at no sports. I love playing sports of all kind. I absolutely love it, but I'm not, I feel like pickleball might be the first thing that, and I'm not good yet, but I feel like I could get there. I feel. I could focus and I could get there. Putting in the time. I'm a 2.75 right now. <laughs> totally know what that means. Yep. Sounds good. It's not that good. No. It goes to a scale of five. I'm you should, you just over halfway there. You should look up that video. Scotty, Scotty Scheffler is the golfer's name. Okay. Playing pickleball. I'll watch that. And I'm going to Kiss tonight. That's right. Do you yeah. want to hear more about my life? Well, it's exciting that Kiss are in town. Friday <laughs> night show. It's always- I've, I've never seen them before. No. No, not once. And I was oh. a huge, huge fan as a kid. Like, I was fascinated. I bought in hard as a kid to the early albums, and then they lost me. I don't own a single Kiss album. I don't remember the last time I was looking through Spotify and went, oh, I could really go for some Kiss right now, but I do need to go see the spectacle of the show. 
on a Friday night? Yeah, why not? Why not? What do you What do you wear to a Kiss concert? Bright colors? Probably not. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what the crowd is like at a Kiss show. Yeah. How many people will paint their face? Uh, well, me. I really hope you paint your face. <laughs> No, I really. Who hope am I going to be? Ace Frehley? Oh, Peter Chris? <sighs> you don't want to be the kitty cat guy. That's Peter Chris. Yeah, you don't want to be Peter. He's, who's no longer in the band? Neither is Ace Frehley. Probably because of that kitty cat makeup. Probably, but Not anyway, very intimidating. Uh, that's how my weekend's shaping up. What do you got going on? <sighs> Nothing. Oh. Thanks for asking. <sighs> no, I don't Again, got anything planned. The invite is there. Come play pickleball. You will love it. It's fun. It really is. Maybe. I'll, uh, now that I know that the injuries are involved, you know, I'm a very delicate flower. Oh. If you're hyperextending your elbow in this game. Wow, nice use of hyperextension. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know things. You do. I pretty much went to medical school. Uh, what have you been watching, reading, I listening to? I tried this week. I started to watch. There's a new Robbie Williams documentary little limited series on Netflix. Really? About, uh, he never got that huge in North America. But he is massive over there. Monster. Monster in Europe. I don't know if I could, if you played me that the one biggest hit, I would know that song. I can't think of the title. He had, the biggest ones over here, I think, was a song called Millennium. We got stars Yeah. And then another one called Rock DJ. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those two. Maybe Millennium. And he was in Take That, a boy band back in the mm -hmm. mid 90s. I remember I think I actually liked as a kid. Wow. Oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I was too busy listening to real music. So the documentary, it's four episodes. I've watched two. I don't know if I can power through the other two. Hmm. Because one, I don't, turns out I don't care about Robbie Williams that much. See, that's the problem. <laughs> I would, well, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. Because I was like, oh, well, I didn't care about David Beckham that much. And his documentary series I thought was great. Yeah. So I'll watch Robbie Williams. Maybe it'll be interesting. It has its moments. The interesting thing about it is, I guess his entire career, they've been filming him, like behind the scenes and everything. So there's hours and hours and hours and hours of footage of him that he's never seen. Oh. And so whoever made this documentary curated all that footage, and the documentary is kind of him watching it in real time and pausing and being like, oh, my God. Wow. This is how I talk. Well, it's an interesting it concept. It's an interesting idea. It's a little self-indulgent at times. He seems like a little dramatic guy. Hmm. But he had he had some issues with the alcohol. Um, he dated a Spice Girl. Which one? Uh, Ginger. Ginger? Yeah. So you see footage of them on vacation together and hmm. all this stuff. And I don't know. It's, it's not a wild story. They don't even touch on the first like 16 years of his life. He just picks up and he's in Take That. And so I thought that was weird. And it's a lot of woe is me. It's so hard being famous. The most I know is, you know, what's fascinating to me about Robbie Williams is when I went to London this year, I did uh, one day, I just went on this five hour rock music tour. They put you in a van and drive you all over London, England and show you this is where this happened. This is, and I found it absolutely fascinating 
and we're in this really hoity-toity neighborhood, and we drive by, and he's like, uh, right over there on the corner on the right, that's Simon Cowell's house. We go a little bit further up that same road, and the guy goes, oh, and that's Robbie Williams's house, and it's just a freaking mansion. Yeah. And then, right next door to Robbie Williams, he's like, and that's Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin's house. So who's, that's who he's rubbing shoulders with? Oh, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's weird. The one thing you kind of learn in the documentary is, and they even touch on it, about how he is as big as you can get in Europe, especially in the UK. And then he came over to North America and nobody knew who the hell he was. He could walk through a mall over here and I don't know if I'd be able to pick him out. But if I heard one of those two songs you'd mentioned, I'd be, that's Robbie Williams. Yeah. I would, that's the extent of my knowledge. He said like when he was dating Ginger Spice... And this would have been in the early 2000s. So like, you know, they were both huge deals at the time that the tabloids were so intense there that he actually moved to Los Angeles to get away from the tabloids. Wow. And he did it and no one knew who the hell he was. Imagine having that kind of money that you could just leave London and move to Los Angeles. And it was not a small little dinky apartment he moved into in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like he's doing all right. But if the paparazzi in LA doesn't know you, but the paparazzi in Europe can't get enough of you. Like, that's a weird place to live. And yeah. Yeah, he, he had some wires crossed for a long time, and it's, it's, it's all right. I've but, got to— Four episodes is a bit much. Yeah, I, now I'm just—after this conversation we've just had and your mention of Ginger Spice, have we mentioned any band more in this podcast— <laughs> I know. —than Spice Girls? It's weird, because obviously Posh was in the David Beckham one. Yeah. And Ginger, she's also Jerry Hallowell. She's <laughs> married to now a guy that the guy that runs Red Bull Racing for oh, yeah, yeah. in Formula One. Yeah. So if you watch the Formula One series, you see her pop up here and again yeah. in that as well. I'm just looking up the Rotten Tomatoes score for a movie. My phone froze. Oh, I'm not I'm not gonna talk about this then. <laughs> oh, is it a junker? Yeah, I was mildly amused by it. It was I, I just watched it last night and it's on Netflix. It's called Locked in. Oh, I feel like I've maybe seen it on Netflix. It's super stylish. Like it really, it's so, at one point I'm like, when, when does this take place? Like it's, you can't really tell what era it's in. And then all of a sudden somebody pulls out a phone and then you're like, okay, it's modern time. But they don't, like it's, the technology isn't featured prominently in this film. It's a suspense thriller. Mm. It's a murder who done it. It's, I don't know. It's got 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so okay. It's, it's not an absolute dud, but <laughs> I mean, I hated it. It was <laughs> terrible. Watched it as a joke. <laughs> yeah, just to make fun of it. There's a movie out on Netflix today. It's called The Killer. Oh. It's um, Michael Fassbender, who's a really good actor, but it's a David Fincher movie. Oh. He's the guy who did uh, Fight Club, uh, Social Network, Gone Girl, like he did all those. I think maybe Trent Reznor did the music for this too. I love almost every one of those movies you mentioned. Yeah, so I'm very excited. To, and I think he plays like a hitman or something. Yeah. It, it looks pretty cool. So I'm going to watch that. That's something I'm going to do this weekend. Watch okay. The Killer. Cool. The Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. It's on the internet where your Uncle Ron gets way too political. You know what I did yesterday? I was driving home and uh, I was on a busy road and I'm sitting at a set of lights and I look over to my left and there's a Lube City truck sitting right next to me. Just oh, the... yes. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a truck going around. <laughs> so 
I look over and the guy looks at me and I just started waving at him. And then I thought, I just waved to a, I waved to a lube city truck. Like, <laughs> and the guy just, he wasn't rude or anything, but he just turned his head straight, no acknowledgement whatsoever. And then just stared straight ahead. And then we pulled up at the next set of lights and I did the move where I kind of stayed back a little bit because I was so embarrassed. Like, why was I, why was I waving at a lube city truck? When you see Lube City, you're just filled with the same joy as when you saw, like... I don't know, the Barney Oscar the- Mayer Wienermobile <laughs> yeah, yeah. or, or yeah. Barney. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, you just feel the need to wave. I just, for some reason, I waved. So if you are that Lube City employee that saw the crazy man waving at you, that was just me acknowledging you and saying thank you for supporting our podcast. Probably went to one of their 27 conveniently located uh, locations. Location. And you know how I found them? How's that? Online. Wow. They have a website. Do you know it off the top of your head? Uh, HTTP uh-huh. colon slash slash www.lubecity.ca. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a bit, of, I think you can shorten that to lubecity.ca. I don't think that's right. You're listening to the Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly podcast. It's like radio, but on the internet. Wow. I'm so glad that other people give thought to things like when you're meeting friends at a pub, which is the money seat at the pub style table. Yeah. There's really two schools of thought. Do you go for the end or do you go for the middle? I'm an end guy. The middle, too much conversation commitment. You got to sort of field questions from both sides. You have to be the mediator bringing two sides of the table together. I don't need that pressure. Yeah. I treat the pub table the same way as a loaf of bread or the opposite of a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. Uh, loaf of bread. I don't want the ends. No, you start in the middle. Start in the middle. Where the big pieces are. Pub table. I want the end. Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Solving the world's problems one podcast at a time. Do you see this text? Uh, good morning, Shotgun and Deathblade. You don't like that nickname anymore, do you? I think it's played out. I'm really? ready to retire it. You gave yourself that nickname. Yeah, it was fun. It played out. I, I made a mistake. Really? Yeah. Deathblade was a mistake? It doesn't have the staying power I thought it would. Uh, This is from Chris. Chris says, I heard you guys talking the other day on the podcast that Bryce got moved out of his office Mm -hmm. to a new office. It sounds kind of appalling that you would get moved into a high traffic studio that often smells of onions. You should be at a promotion stage, not this. What the heck is happening? Well, Chris, thank you for asking. Chris is officially hired as my new agent. He did refer to you as Deathblade, though. So I am. <clears throat> but then he said a lot of other things that I agree with. So Yeah, we've been juggling people around here in this building. Um, and Bri- I get, you had a huge office. Like yeah. you, it was a it was a room that was intended for all the announcers to work in at the same time. Yeah. But and you were the only one. Yeah. <laughs> I was the only person who used it. And it was like that for years. Yeah, I know. And I enjoyed it. Uh, but they booted me out a week ago. And now you work out of what's called the production studio, which is a it's a studio, but it's very small and it's not really it's not luxurious like this studio. No, it's, it's not utility a, grade. It's not a private studio either. Other people use it, so I have to pack everything away every day. And it does smell like onions in there quite often. Yeah, we've had a couple rank days in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an adjustment. Yeah, but it's going okay? It's going okay. Okay. It's going okay. It has its pros and cons. I'm just waiting for me to get my moving, you know, my marching orders to move out of that one I work out of. Hasn't come yet, but I'm sure it's just around the corner. It's funny because I'm the only person in the building that had to pick up you my stuff and move. You were the one person that got moved, yeah. 
Um, well, there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of motion in our building right now. We got one of those pub style long tables, those high tables in our kitchen here now. You saw that this morning, right? Yeah, I did. And I went in there this morning just before like ten to six or so. I thought I'm going to go drink some coffee at the pub style table in the. I just stare at my phone and see if I'm a pub style table guy, you know, as one does in the workplace. Sure. Start showing up there with my laptop, working with others, that kind of thing. I don't think it's for me. Like I could sit there and have a short conversation with somebody, but I'm not going to be able to work at the pub style table. Also, my question here, this is a long way of going about this because I'm troubled by this every single time it happens. When you're going out with a group of friends and maybe there's eight or 10 of you, and you're the first person there, and you get to the long, narrow, pub-style table, where are the money seats? Where should you and your best girl sit? Mm. Do you I, sit at one of the ends, or yeah. do you go to the middle? I go for one of the ends. Yeah, me too. There's too much. When you sit in the middle, there's too much pressure to have a conversation with everyone. With both sides. Because there's yeah. typically two conversations going on exactly. at a long table, and if you're in the middle, you're you're sort of a man without a conversation country. Yeah. So it's weird. So I go for the ends, typically uh-huh. the end closer to the bathroom as well. So, oh, yeah. So I get first crack at getting out there. Okay. Is that, that what most people choose, the end? I I hope so. You should be. And not the head of the table either. No, you don't want to be the head of the I table. I don't want to be the head of the table. No. It's the Gar Andrew Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Uh, Christopher from Leduc says, I'll sit at or near the end of the table, maybe second seat in. I don't care about being near the bathroom, though. I need to sit facing the door and the greater part of the pub and the least amount of people behind me. Oh, my God. That's the way I think about it, too. But Christopher put it into words. Thank you. Uh, Jenny said, sit at the middle of the table like Jesus. Thank you, Jenny. You're listening to the Garden Andrew Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Nobody wants to sit at the middle of a long, narrow pub table. No. those That's not the seat you want. That's sort of international waters. Then you have to be a part of conversations at both ends of the table. Seems exhausting. Especially if you and your best girl, say you're assembling her friend's and your friends, and now you have to you have to sort of mediate from the middle of the table. You have to run both conversations. Yeah, you don't want to be the glue. No, that sounds exhausting. You don't want to be the glue person in the middle. You want to be on an end. Mm-hmm. Really, right on the end. From this point forward, I will be an end guy. Yeah. Sometimes I'm I'm faced with being the middle guy, and I do not enjoy my night out at the pub if I'm middle guy. Uh, we Christopher texted a few minutes ago and he said, I'll sit at or near the end of the table, maybe second seat in. I don't care about me near the bathroom, but I do need to sit facing the door and the greater part of the pub with the least amount of people behind me. And then somebody texted in and said, Christopher does that because he probably has anxiety. That's a common trauma response. Oh, geez. Everything's a trauma response. I kind of think of it as gunslinger mentality. It's got to be able to see where the exits are, you know? <laughs> Doesn't want anyone firing from behind. I don't care too much about my position relative to the door. My no. biggest concern is I don't want to be that glue person that you mentioned. Yeah, I don't want to have to be mediating both conversations. Yeah, that seems like more of a nightmare to me. Because you end up being a part of neither conversation. So don't be a middle person. There you go. This is the Garner Andrew Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Oh, you know what? I want to talk about something else a story you did at 8 o'clock 
about the so police in Calgary have just saw what was it like a 47 48 year old crime 47 yeah this girl who was killed in 1976 they just arrested a guy for it now he's now 73 years old and I'm guessing it was ancestral DNA it was some kind of DNA yeah that's what they're doing now and I was thinking about this because I listen to so many of these true crime pod I'm addicted to murdery murder like I listen to those things all the time and more and more of these cases are being solved because of things like Ancestry.com, 23andMe. Because what happens is then they can go and they can narrow it down, like their pool of suspects. They can go, well, this person has this last name and they're from this region. They can really narrow it down. So this Christmas, when your weird uncle comes over for Christmas dinner and everyone's sitting around going, we should do Ancestry.com, and he protests a lot, you'll know why. He's got something to hide. Red flag. Red flag all the way. Call the police. Listen to this text we got. I don't know what this person's name was, and I never asked. I don't know if they'd want to give it, but uh, they said two sexual assaults happened in, in that happened in 1980 before I was born. A distant relative was the suspect. They used my DNA profile from Ancestry to rule out other suspects. They called me and asked for my permission to use my DNA to solve the case. I said, okay. A year later, they got in touch and said they had made an arrest and my DNA helped solve the case. Wow. Uh, the suspect was a very distant relative. Nobody in my immediate immediate family knew who he was. But yeah, they can really sort of, they cast this wide net and then they just sort of, the net gets smaller and smaller. Man, that's wild. And that's, you brought it up too. That's how they brought down the Golden State Killer. And if I'm not mistaken, you know who Patton Oswalt is, right? Yes, yes, I do. I know that story about his... Uh, his wife, his, yeah. His wife who passed away. She was the one doing all the research. Yeah, she had written a book on it, I think. Yeah, there's so, a documentary on it. Yeah. On HBO, I believe. Anyway, that's going to be... Uh, that's going to do it for the part of the show where we talk about DNA. Because that's, that's pretty fascinating, huh? It's, I, it's weird that I, I'm really happy that that person who submitted their DNA that the police emailed back with a follow-up to let them know, like, oh, yeah, we got the guy. Oh, yeah. And you helped. Thanks I'm, I'm, you. I'm glad they let them know. So, again, in your circle, in your family circle, the person who protests and says, you guys probably should not do the ancestry DNA because I heard it causes club foot or something. Like, they'll have some excuse for not doing it. I can't do it. I don't have saliva. Yeah, I'm running dry. Got sandpaper mouth. The Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Did I, I made a note earlier this week. I was driving to work. And I always listen to Dateline. I listen to the podcast version of the Dateline TV show. It's the same thing. You just don't get pictures when you're driving around. And Keith Morrison is, he's like the Paul McCartney of true crime. <laughs> yeah, he is. Like he, that guy's a big deal. And did you know he's from, he was born in Lloydminster? I did not know that. Yeah, he's Canadian. He's Matthew Perry's stepdad. I didn't know that until you uh, told me last week. Yeah, he was married to Matthew Perry's mom for, and still is for 40-some years. So there was a chance that at one point Keith Morrison was stepdaddying Chandler from Friends. Wow. Which is bizarre. You think about that. Jeez. He would have been like 13 or 14 years old. Two people beloved for incredibly different reasons. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was driving to work the other morning and I didn't know what I was, I just, an episode of uh, Dateline came on as I was driving and it was Keith Morrison 
And I had no idea that he had just been here. Keith Morrison was here in Edmonton covering a local crime. Yeah, it aired on Dateline uh, a week ago, yeah. last Friday. And it was funny because as soon as he said, like this line right here. The mystery man rushing into the street with something under his arm. That he was up to something devious here in this big northern city. Seemed big obvious. northern city. Big northern city. I immediately went, hmm, what city is this? He could make anything sound sinister. Yeah. There's anyway. a big sale at West Edmonton Mall. The uh, the case you cover, it's the case of a local, his name was Dwayne Demke, and he was, he lived here in Edmonton, and he was murdered, this happened back in 2015, they just convicted and sentenced the guy. It's a very complicated tale, there's false identities, uh, the FBI's involved because the killer was American, there was an escape over an international border on a jet ski, it has it all. But it's a pretty good story, and... By all accounts, everybody who spoke in this thing about Dwayne Demke sounds like he was just a really good guy. They always are. Yeah. They always are. They're the light of every room. Mm-hmm. They lit up every room they've ever been in. You never hear someone get murdered and people are like, ooh. Yeah. That guy was a sourpuss. You never hear that. No, you certainly don't. But anyway, that's the latest episode of Dateline, if you want to take a listen. They don't need our plugs. It's the number one podcast in all of the lands, Bryce. Is it really? Oh, it's huge. Wow. It's massive. That's why I say Keith Morrison, Paul McCartney of True Crime. Every time we say Keith Morrison, I'm just like, the guy from The Doors? No, that was uh, <laughs> that was his brother, Jim. Isn't he super dead? <laughs> yeah, very, very dead. Jim Morrison, I think he died in like 73. Yeah. He's been gone for a long time. He's got a PhD in dead. Oh, the uh, controversy, the discussion of a hard pant versus a soft pant. A, a soft pant would be... I don't know, like your sweatpants, your pajama pants. That's an indoor pant. Yeah, the closest I get is a jogger, mm-hmm. which is technically a soft pant. But do you leave the house in your joggers? Maybe for a dog walk. That's about the extent of it. I don't know if, what I would do if I saw you in something other than black jeans. Yeah, some. I have a pair of maroon joggers. <laughs> I know. I would. I'm not brave enough to wear those in a very busy public place yet. No, one day though. One day, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I wore sweatpants for all of junior high and most of high school. Most of my hoodies were shredded too. It got to the point that my teacher pulled me aside and asked if I needed clothes. Oh boy, teachers are good people. It's a um, tough day as a teacher. I had good clothes, but I liked my sweat so much that I'd pull them out of the trash when my mom tried to throw them away. Wow. Ever Holy pulled clothes cow. out of the trash, Bryce? I don't think I have. That is a commitment to your soft pant. Uh, I like this one, too. I find that my chances of sexy fun time increase if I slip into a nice pant and B-plus or higher level shirt when I get out of the shower after a hard day's work. Don't know why, but it works. Of course, I've never mentioned this to my wife. Well, congratulations, you've cracked the code. Uh, women tend to like the clean version of you. Who knew? Yeah. I, for one, am shocked. You're listening to The Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. I don't want to sound judgmental. And that's the problem here, I think, whenever I talk about a hard pant versus a soft pant. I'm just not a big fan of seeing you in your pajama pants in public. Or your sweatpants when you're doing non-sweating activities. I feel like you should... You got to throw a mental switch in your head that says, it's go time. Time to get dressed. 
You know, you don't see Connor McDavid stepping out on the ice in his pajama pants. No. He gets dressed for the game. And then we we started talking about, have you ever taken clothes out of the garbage? Maybe it was your significant other that's just had enough of that t-shirt or whatever, or socks and thrown them out. Maybe it was your mom. Somebody texted and said that all through junior high and high school, they wore sweats and hoodies that were absolutely shredded because they were comfortable. Even when mom threw them away, they'd go retrieve them. I got this text. My ex-wife cut my underwear off of me and made me buy new underwear. I had only had them for a couple of years. The question I have, though, is, you know, were they high milers, city miles, highway miles? There's a difference. Also, when it's time to throw out old underwear, what is the method of disposal? Disposal. It's weird because if I look in a garbage can and I see a pair of underwear, I automatically assume the worst, if you know what I mean. I don't automatically go, oh, look, someone miled out their underpants. And when you do get rid of them, do you drive them to a garbage can two, town, two towns over, or do you just leave them confidently in that bag at the end of your driveway? The Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. This is what I love about this audience, because no matter what I ask you, you answer the question. Like, you step up to the table. This person says, LOL, Garner, when it's time to throw out underwear, I put it in a small garbage bag, which gets tied up and goes into a larger garbage bag. Which is funny, because I do the same thing, but... um put the small garbage bag inside a larger garbage bag then I tear open an old sofa cushion I put the garbage bags inside the sofa cushion I re-sew the cushion then I put the cushion inside an old fridge I then drive the fridge in the back of my truck to the deepest lake charter a boat and then I sink the fridge the cushion and the underwear into the deepest part of the lake I'm thorough Thanks for listening to the Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Same music by Garner Andrews. Guests of the podcast enjoy old candy in a jar that's unlabeled. Mmm, mystery candy.